The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Yeah, I'm wanting to go out there and throw a lot, but we're keeping it, you know, around 30 to 40 balls, not including the warm-up. So um, keeping it light just to make sure I'm, I'm feeling good. He's already emulating one of the all-time greats. Did you notice that? No, what? Hell, who? He's, he's, he's got the Peyton Manning red forehead from wearing a helmet. Now, that's the ultimate Photoshop job. Peyton Manning with the long, flowing hair. That would be something. <laughs> that is disturbing. That is disturbing. Uh, that almost looks like the old shrunken applehead doll. Remember those? Uh, no, I don't. I don't okay. remember those. Maybe that's, maybe that's before your time. Maybe that's what we did for fun back during the days of three tv stations they used to make the doll where you would take an apple and you would carve the face into it and then i think you put it in the oven and it shrunk down like that and it got all light yeah please thank you we need that music for this one i don't know i've never even heard of that one so that sounds please google shrunken apple head doll okay i'm telling you i will it was a thing. Yeah, apparently it was, it was a thing. Yeah, I mean, and it was I, terrifying. They, they couldn't almost as terrifying as that Photoshop of Peyton Manning and Trevor Lawrence. It looks like a shrunken apple head. Hey, ball. hey, well, you'd have a big red mark on. Uh, listen, wearing a damn helmet ain't easy. It's not, especially you got a noggin like you know Trevor Lawrence or Peyton Manning. They got a big damn head. They do. I did too. How did you wear one? I, I mean, you, I, your head is, it's, it's all, it's. I mean, it's huge, and it's, like, shaped differently. <laughs> it is. Thank you. Thank you. It's shaped differently, as in what, compared to the rest <laughs> of the humans on Earth? Yes. It's like... It's more long. It's, it's, it's long. Yeah, yeah. It's long. Right. You have, like, yeah, yes. you have, like, a snout. I know. I, had, I usually had one of the biggest helmets on the, on the team. And when you've gone, like, a few months, Mike, and you haven't worn a helmet, and, you know, as a quarterback... You know, I, I want my, my helmet to be real snug. I don't want to be dropping back and having it jiggle, right, and like that kind of thing. So you want it to be like, you know, it's moving with your body at, you know, every little move or anything like that. And damn, yeah, your forehead's going to be sore the first few days of OTAs and things like that when you're, you know, buckling up the chin strap and all that, especially when you got a big damn head like I do or like Peyton or Trevor Lawrence. 
It's not just a matter of the first few days, though. For Peyton, it's always it never went away. No, it he never, never got used to it. It, it, it was never always did. There. You're right. It never really did seem to go. Away. It'd be week 14, and he'd be at the press conference after, and he'd have it there still. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he maybe he wore a helmet like half a size too small. Maybe there was something to that. The way he liked it, I, I don't know. I assume Ben Roethlisberger has a large head because basically he is a large human being. I don't remember seeing the forehead blotch on him. He's entering now his, what, 17th, 18th season in the NFL. He was drafted in 2004, so that was 17 years ago, which probably makes it year 18. I always, I, I, never, I never like having to do that math, or any math for that matter. Here's what Cam Hayward had to say about Ben Roethlisberger recently on NFL Network. Ben's still got the goods. Anyone that tells you otherwise, they haven't really looked at football. You give that guy a good running game and tell him he doesn't have to throw the ball 50 or 60 times, he's going to be that much more dangerous, and I think we're looking forward to that. It's going to be pretty good longevity-wise if he wants to keep playing. I'm not going to doubt Cam Hayward because he works with the guy. He's been around him ever since he entered the league as a first-round pick back in 2011. But in 2019, week two, elbow goes kaflooey. And Roethlisberger's out for the year. And I remember thinking at the time, is this the beginning of the breakdown for a guy who clearly isn't embracing the TB12 method? I know that folks get upset when I say that, but all you have to do is look at Ben Roethlisberger. This isn't a master of pliability. Well, yeah. He, he, he's not. Right. He's a guy who's always relied upon running around, doing what he can, playing football, and then in the offseason, he told you the That's training camp right. before the elbow there went. You go. He right. doesn't throw very much at all in the offseason. I no, don't really throw that much. He's definitely not TB12. Didn't you know, right? I mean, he just that's not what he is. Hey, Big Ben's just that's that's the way he's wired. He's not TB12 or Aaron Rodgers or like that. No, he's a little bit more of, you know, we've we've had some good chuckles over this over the years. He's kind of just like, yeah, I'm going to eat a burger. I'm going to go home, watch some football, come home the next day, and I'm going to play some football. Like he just, he, I'm not, he's not going home and studying the playbook or doing any of that. That's just not what he does, and he just does it on natural ability. I will say, though, with Cam Hayward, I, I'm not going to disagree with what he said. I do think he still has the goods, too, but the big thing is like what you said. You know, It's about the health, and I think that's why that approach on the offensive side of the ball has to, has to change. Uh, you know, uh, one thing that jumped out to me when free agency, I mean, you know, I, in free agency, I try to go back and watch some of the, the players in free agency and just re like, all right, let me focus in on these guys. You watch Juju Smith-Schuster a little bit, and that's when it really jumped out to me when I saw Big Ben early in the year last year. I went, ooh, you know, wait, wow, wait, this is a different guy. This, he, he must have had something bothering him towards the end of the year and not been healthy. Because the way he threw the ball, moved in the pocket, all of those type of things. And I can't remember specifically what game it was. I'm blanking and I need to pull up their schedule. But there was a point there in like week five or six where he tweaked his knee a little bit. And you saw the, the change in play. So I, I'm with Cam Hayward. It's about the team and playing a different way to where they don't have to put Ben in these dicey situations of getting hit or having to throw the ball too much and chris there was constant reporting late right. last year that there were issues with his knees not yeah. just one but both of them right and he never was on the injury report late in the year for his knees and you know my only way to thread that needle is to say hey 
he he's he's got arthritis yeah, or some condition that you don't get treatment for. You just deal with it. There's nothing you can do. You deal with it. So he doesn't get treatment. He doesn't show up on the injury report. He doesn't miss games, but he's hampered by it. And I think that's got to be a concern going into this season. If if there was something like that that he didn't get treatment for, if they weren't hiding the injury and they got whacked in 2019 for not disclosing the elbow injury right. that ultimately went in week two. So I, I'd like to think that they didn't go back to that well again and not properly disclose the nature and extent of his knee injuries. But I, I, that's a real factor. He's another year older. I my, remember, remember I said they got just far enough removed from the end of the season to get themselves all worked up in their own little echo chamber as to what they could be this year. And they got juiced up about the possibility of bringing him back. I and everything so. was glass half full. Yeah. And if we get a running back, and they did, and if we can work on our running game, and they will, it can be better. It can be different. And Cam Hayward is singing off of that same sheet of music. Yeah, he is. Oh, of course. That's it's the the team's built. They, you know, he's been told what they're doing. Cam Hayward knows. I hey, we're bringing Big Ben back. We're gonna he's, he's probably heard from the coaches. Offense is gonna change their style of play. So this this is what we talk about. Like when you formulate a team in the off season and you want it to like kind of come together in the off season. Yeah. Now you got a team that's kind of got a goal and a purpose. And now here we go. The 20, 2021 Steelers are, are coming about. They kind of know the new plan of attack. Here's our team. Here's our quarterback, all those things. And as we discussed last year, of course they're, they're way closer to the top than the bottom. And you know, I, I think you're spot on with, I think the Brady and Buccaneers and how they look at that. They probably look at it the same way. And that defense, of course, is Buccaneers-type dominant too. So why wouldn't they be able to do the same way? It's all going to hinge on the thing we've talked about, you know, I'm going to say every other week this offseason. Can this damn O-line come together? Can Mike Tomlin give this team the attitude and toughness that you and I have discussed so much in training camp and everything like that to get Najee Harris and this run game to be a real part of their team? Let's talk about this Steelers roster position by position. Let's begin with Najee Harris. And we talked about this earlier in the week. The The moment where Najee Harris realizes that unlike Alabama, where media is nowhere close to a practice session, they actually are present for what happens for portions of an NFL practice. They are. And we saw you today with a one-handed catch. Uh, also nearly come down with one that was thrown oh, behind. you saw that? I saw that. And, and then you almost caught one that was thrown behind. You guys were here? We were there watching, yeah. <laughs> Where are you guys at? We were up on the balcony. But uh, Matt, they yell boosters. <laughs> what the hell? That's crazy. Sorry, Chris. I gave you the fake out on the throw. That's all and every right. once in a while, as I'm setting it up, I ask myself, is he going to realize? Does he know? Is he reading the No, I'm not reading the sheet. Says, yeah, you know, I'm obviously. not. Yeah. Today, obviously, the answer is no. <laughs> no. Some days it's yes. Some days it's coincidence. Well, some days. I have a feeling we, most days it's coincidence. Well, some days a, it's more obvious that I'm making the throw. Well, yeah. It, well, and, then, you know, it's like we get into conversations and we're talking and I got other things open and I'm kind of looking at and then I'm like, oh, wait, I, he's throwing to that. I mean, that's hilarious, first off. Boosters. Yeah. Yeah, the Rooney's got the Rooney's got boosters up there. That's what they're doing. Uh, but I, I, I like Najee Harris though. Yes, I, and and again, he's got that electric smile. He can say whatever the hell he wants as long as he chases it with that smile. Oh, uh, agreed. He's got got a way about him that's you know very in, infectious that way. And you know when you talk about like a player 
attitude, everything, being the perfect fit, right? I mean, it just seems the right way. Yeah, you know, Alabama running back. You know, Alabama, one of the few teams that still does smash mouth type stuff, running the ball, going to Pittsburgh, you know, and, and yeah, we're going to, you know, just start up a, a new toughness on the offensive side of the ball. All right, and he can do all those type of things and then catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, I, I, I expect to see a whole lot of him. I don't expect to see much running back by committee at all in Pittsburgh. I, and just knowing Mike Tomlin, I think he's going to love this guy, pump him up to the team, love the size and physicality he brings to the team, and he's going to want to make they're, – they're going to try to make this the next Le'Veon Bell. That's what they're going to do. Power football, power football, power football. Oh, wait. Now they're in the empty formation, and he's in the slot. He's a really good route runner. And that's where I think they're excited about Najee Harris and what he can do there. Yeah, and Kevin Colbert, the GM of the team, said on PFTPM a couple of weeks ago, this is a three-down running back, and they haven't had that since mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell. How do we feel about their overall backfield, though, when we factor in Harris, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, Kalen Balage? Feels, when you add Harris, feels more potent yeah. than it's been in a long time. It's, it's, it's complete now. He makes it feel complete. Like, it was... If it was without him, you're going, ooh, they need something else or someone, there's got to be something else there. Now you got the stud and you got guys that can fill certain roles behind it that way. Benny Snell, similar, but not as good, right? So he could be the power guy to go along with it. Jalen Samuels can do a little bit of everything. He's a Swiss Army knife a little bit as far as a running back. You know, he's a fullback, he's a tailback, he's a, you know, an H back as far as an extra tight end. And then you got McFarlane, Anthony McFarlane, who's kind of like a jitterbug where they tried to get him involved a little bit last year. I think he could be that guy that's kind of the change of pace guy off of Najee Harris. So, yeah, it, it's a pretty well-rounded group now, I think, when you look at it, especially with him at the helm. He's kind of become the forgotten man, Jalen Samuels, in Pittsburgh. I remember you were hot on him when yeah. he was a rookie a few years back. But right. uh, they've got a lot of flexibility now. But I think, as you say, it's all going to run through Jalen – or not Jalen, but Najee, Najee Harris. Uh, receiver, a, a, a significant strength on this team, especially Ooh. with Juju Smith-Schuster back. He's going to have a hard time getting playing time. And I saw that he said not that long ago that he's going to be playing more on the outside. I You got – Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Washington. I don't know where Juju fits into the outside game. I, I would think he would want to be the guy who can take advantage of favorable matchups underneath when you've got the guys on the outside who are attracting the extra attention. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think you're wrong there with that thought, Mike. I don't. You know, Juju, the, the good thing he has, like, I, I, and I think you're saying, like, yeah, he's probably he's made for the slot a little bit more, to, to your point. Agreed. But the good thing about him, too, is because he's such a big human being, he is an outside threat because he is one of those guys, too, that even if he doesn't beat you, he's so big, even when he's covered, he's not covered. You could throw back shoulders and jump balls and those things. And I think why we hear this with him saying, you know, I might play outside more is really because of Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay Johnson is an outstanding route runner, and he really – even though has more speed than Juju Smith-Schuster, he's made to be that Emmanuel Sanders type guy, right? That's really what he reminds me of as a player. And I, and I think, you know, that's why they draft him. So I would expect maybe him to take some of that, you know, role from Juju this year a little bit. 
And then you got Claypool and, and Juju on the outside, which is damn good. And a new tight end that they drafted in the second round out of Penn State. So they got some flexibility with passing weapons for sure. And, and really for, for Juju, it's one thing to play on the outside. It's another thing to try to be the number one guy. We saw that a couple of years ago. It yeah. didn't work because right. he doesn't have the speed to stretch the defense and attract extra attention like an Antonio Brown had. You mentioned the Penn State tight end taken in the second round, Pat Freyermuth. Here he is talking about the nickname he's already picked up of Baby Gronk. Pat, uh, I wanted to ask you about the, the nickname Baby Gronk. Uh, I saw that Penn State gave that to you. Uh, how did that come about, and how do you feel about it? Uh, I guess it came about just because I'm from that area, um, War 87. Obviously, Gronk played for the Patriots for a long time, grew up you know, kind of watching them. Um, you know, I hate it because, you know, I think it's, you know, pretty annoying <laughs> that I'm being called, you know, Baby Gronk. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of away that from that nickname. So, uh, I don't want to be called that. <laughs> Free advice to anyone out there that has a nickname you don't like. Never say you don't like it. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. It's got a far better chance of going away if you ignore it, especially when you're a rookie on an NFL team because all those guys are going to know he doesn't like it. What? So they're all going to be calling him Baby Gronk all year long. What? I mean, exactly. You're spot on. If I heard that right there, the next time I see him walk in the locker room, I'm yelling "Baby Gronk" out loud. Like you're, you're not going to hear the end of it. I'm going to the equipment guys and going, "Hey, let's change his nameplate on top of him and make it Baby Gronk." <laughs> I mean, that's that's what you're doing. You, you got to be careful to your point about what you say on a live mic because the players will use it against you in a locker room. He's yeah. He's, I would never guess that you would be that way. Yeah, no, never. Right. Uh, but he is. Uh, he's a really good player. And I would be shocked if he doesn't have a real influence on the offense this year. Um, he's not a gronk as far as the way he blocks, but he can be a mismatch as far as splitting him out. He's a very good route runner. You know, of course, catches the ball well, can do some things after the catch. And that's where I think it's exciting that they added him to the mix. Like the first two picks of the draft, I think tell you that they're changing their attitude there in Pittsburgh. Oh, now we got Ebron. Freyer Muth, Najee Harris, Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster on the field. Two big receivers, right, to go along with two tight ends and a big running back. Oh, we can bring them – we can put two tight ends to the right and bring Juju down, who's like a great blocking receiver, and now play smash mouth, and like we always talk about. So now a team brings in a linebacker, and now the next play, they're split out in a four-wide set. And now you're going, uh-oh, our linebacker's got to cover Ebron or Freyer Muth. This isn't good. And I think that's probably what they're trying to do there in Pittsburgh, and that's where I'm, I'm very excited about their new formula. You mentioned Eric Ebron, and look, anytime you see a second-round pick devoted to a tight end, that guy's going to get his opportunities. And Ebron has been yeah, confusing. Right. He's had, he's had that, that year, 2018 in Indianapolis, Pro Bowl year, his first season away from the Lions, 66 catches, 750 yards, 13 touchdowns. Great That year. was great. Yeah. He's otherwise not lived up to it. And this is a guy who was picked in 2014 by the Lions, 10th overall, with OBJ on the board, with Aaron Donald on the board, and he's just never lived up to that high-end potential 
that everyone pegged him to have coming into the NFL. No, no, he is not. You're right. And he, he's he, been good. Yes. He's been good. He's not been bad. You take a you take a yeah. tight end of the top ten, right. you expect more. Yeah, you're right. He's never he, he's only like to your point had that one year that was like, whoa, that's a top ten tight end type of year. Right? Or top ten pick type of year for that tight end. Uh, still really good in the past game. Yeah, had a little case of the drops last year, right? Like we talked about, all those things. But, you know, again, I think even with this, it just it, it, it furthers our thought about Pittsburgh and the Tampa Bay approach. You know, again, that, that's what we saw in, in Tampa last year. They started to get good when they said, stop putting three and four receivers on the field. Let's put two tight ends on the field and smash mouth and then – when the team overplays their hand to stop the run, Brady will dice them up with one-on-one coverage on the outside and make a great throw. And to me, that they can still do that. And Big Ben's arm is still really damn good to do it too. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And hopefully Ebron can, can be a big part of that. Not that long ago we talked about the Steelers' offensive line yeah. post-free agency defections. Alejandro Villanueva have a long-time left tackle. He's now gone. Well, what do you? I mean, here's the big issue. Yeah, Marquise Pouncey. Right, he's gone. Right, that's a huge, that's a huge, huge, huge gaping hole in the middle of the line. It's an important function for a center of any offensive line. How hard is it going to be to replace him? Uh, never easy to replace a guy like Pouncey. You know, he's he's seen it all. It's like the old quarterback. He can look at a defense and go, oh, wait, they're going to bring this blitz. Hey, offensive line, slide this way, you know, do this, 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 and this. And it's seamless. And you take that for granted sometimes when you're a quarterback or an offense coordinator. It's a big hole they got to fill. And we know the offensive line's a question. I mean, you, you're, you're right. But the big thing is, too, they have guys on the roster that they I, they believe in, let alone they drafted a guy in the third round. But, you know, I think when you look at it with Okafor, right, coming back, and then Zach Banner coming back, they probably look at that and go, we got our starting tackles. You got DeCastro back at guard. The kid Dotson started for them last year. You're the rookie out of LSU. He's going to be there. So it is really about J.C. Hassenauer. I hope I said that right, as far as him and that spot. And we'll see where that goes. But I don't think the the offensive line questions are as dire or as desperate as maybe we all thought towards the end of the season last year. That there is guys on this roster they believe in who have played and coming back from injury and all those things to where I think this could be a, a quick fix and a quick change around for this team altogether. All I know is the Steelers' offensive line, the two years they won the Super Bowl in the last decade, 05 and 08, was not good. It was one of the biggest liabilities on the team. Right. And they still grabbed a couple of Lombardi trophies with that weak link. That's rare. That's rare to have happen. Yeah. It helps when you've got the kind of defense the Steelers have enjoyed forever. They're front seven this year. And with all the focus on offense, and it's always off offense, offense, offense. Still a pretty good group. Even with Bud Dupree, now a Titan after the torn ACL last year, still a pretty damn good group in the front seven for the Steelers' defense. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's special still. I mean, it, it just doesn't matter, whatever you want to say about it. I mean, it's still studs with Hayward and Tewitt, you know, and, and Watt. And you, of course, didn't have Devin Bush last year, who's one of the better middle linebackers in football. So, yeah, it's a really good group. Vince Williams is back. He's still got good play in front of him. It's all going to be just about finding that other presence. 
to be the edge pass rush guy. And I think, you know, of course, they'll figure that out. But it's a front seven that's got everything as far as, you know, versatility, depth, uh, talent. I think that's where you could be really excited. When you have backups like Wormley and Tyson Alu-Alu, I mean, that's when you know life is pretty damn good. But I think the big question is that that other edge guy, you know, who who takes over there? Is it Highsmith? Uh, but they need that that pr- that pass pressure presence on that other side of that defense for sure. D- during the heyday of the Blitzburg defense, when they incorporated the zone blitz under Bill Cower, it seemed like every year they'd see a linebacker walk away in free agency, and they'd plug another guy in, and he'd get double-digit sacks. And then that guy's contract expires, and he goes yeah, somewhere else. Guy. And they just constantly reloaded and reloaded that position. And uh, the secondary – that, that's look when you got a great front seven you don't need a great secondary uh they've got Mika Fitzpatrick who ended up being a great acquisition with a first round pick they made that trade September 2019 the rest of it though Joe Hayden's been around for a while Steven Nelson's a guy who was cut when uh just kind of unexpectedly and and he's still available no one signed him yet where 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 does that that secondary rank for the Steelers and, and is that an area of significant concern for the defense it is for me it is it's, it's been better than like at the corner position than maybe I would have gave it credit for or even would have thought of going into the last two years like they've done a better job covering people man to man and doing that than maybe the names would lead you to believe in that type of stuff safety position they're pretty damn good yeah and you're right they got Minka Fitzpatrick who's really special on the back end but to me that is one of the things I think that is something I will look at and continue to evaluate like with Pittsburgh. When you look at their roster, I think it's one of the more concerning things on their football team. You know, true cover corners. And again, yeah, can they match up with a team like Kansas City and do that? I don't know if they can. That's what scares me against, you know, some of those more high-octane passing offenses. Uh, Not sure how they would match up. Uh, All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to play a game of Would You Rather when this Wednesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free. Shopify.com slash podcast free. All right, the Bears and Jalen Ramsey have had a little fun on social media. Thanks to this play from last year. Darnell Mooney smoking Ramsey. Now, the throw did not pay off the play, but that would have been a touchdown. Yeah. Darnell Mooney, Wikipedia page. It's been revised to say he has one child, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey not reacting well to the criticism. He had zero catches on me, and we won the game. STFU. I'm not quite sure what that means. Can't wait till week one so all these lame-ass Bears fans can STFU. There's that acronym again. About their number two receiver. Ramsey. Hey, I like it. Because week one, Sunday night football, Bears-Rams. Add a little spice, baby. Baby. Uh, to, to, that, to that matchup, Jalen Ramsey and Darnell Mooney. Mm. Uh, I, I, Hey, it's great. It's great. I, I always like that kind of stuff and it's going to be in a primetime game. So it doesn't get tucked away in the, in the cluster of games that otherwise would kick off all at the same time. Uh, another reason to be happy that that's our primetime opener on Sunday night for week one. Definitely. It's what it's, and listen, I, it's why I, I like the Rams in primetime. They got personalities and they got a guy like, you know, Aaron Donald, who's crazy and a kamikaze and awesome. And then Jalen Ramsey is like, I don't know. It's, yeah, he's one of my favorite players in football. He's the the super villain, DB guy. He plays it perfectly. He's not really a real jerk in real life, but on the football field, he's a real jerk. And when it comes to talking about football, whether it's on social media or whatever, he can be a real jerk then too. Mooney's good. That'll be a good matchup. But like, hey, the other thing I want to say too is like, yeah, he got beat. All right. Jalen Ramsey lives on an island, especially last year. He's the best corner in football. He got beat. But they missed the throw. Yeah, he was open. But the other thing people miss sometimes, too, is like when that does happen against a really good player like Jalen Ramsey and those things, yeah, the quarterbacks do get tight and tense, too, because you're just, oh, no, I don't know where he is. Is he going to come back? And, you know, the, the talent of the player forces the incompletion a little bit, too, because of the anxiousness of attacking that player. There is something to that, but Ramsey's as good as it gets as far as covering guys. All right, quick game of would you rather. Would you rather have the fans of your team hype you up when you're getting ready to play Jalen Ramsey or keep their mouths shut entirely? Oh, that's a good one. I would say keep the mouths shut entirely because I, I Jalen Ramsey, when he knows the spotlight's on the that's situation. That's just wrong. That is uh, wrong. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's right. I don't know. You, you can't call Darnell Mo- Mooney his daddy when he's making, you know, $20 million a year more and been on all pro teams or anything like that, you know, and he had no catches in the game. So that's insane that they're going this far. Play. I know it with one, one play. play, like you said, it happens, right? It happens. But like, yeah, Ramsey, like, he, he shows up in primetime AFC championship game, cover Gronk when Gronk doesn't catch balls, Tyreek Hill. Everybody's watching it. Tyree can't get open. It's the only guy he hasn't been open against in his whole career is that guy. Last year, DK Metcalf, everybody wants to watch. What happened? Jalen Ramsey wins. 
That's why I wouldn't want the fans putting any more attention on Jalen Ramsey. Definitely not. What about you? You're that way too? Yeah, no, I I, yeah. I, I don't want to give Jalen Ramsey any reason to regard me the way he regards the best guys he covers. Because right, your right. only way right. to get him is to catch him flat-footed, catch him napping, get him complacent. You, it's it's a tortoise in the hair type thing. Yeah, that's what it is. You're right. You have to get him to disregard you as you zoom by him. I remember there was a a, a highlight from when Richard Sherman was in his heyday. Jarius Wright, slot receiver for the Vikings, caught him flat footed, blew by him. It happens once. Yeah, and it'll happen. But just because it happens once doesn't mean it's going to happen when that defensive back is wide awake and ready to go. That's right. That's right. And he'll be wide awake now, too, especially. It's first game of the year, and now there's some bright lights on it. He'll be ready for, for Mooney and company when they come to town. All right. Uh, one more question, and, and this is one that, that made its way Here we go. into the show over my strenuous objection. Would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or a kicker who can make every field goal from any distance, basically Gus, the field goal kicking mule. Well, I mean, what are we talking about? Hundred yard field goals there. here. Any distance, you're well, guaranteed three points every possession. I guess that's really. Would you rather be guaranteed three points every possession or have Patrick Mahomes? Gosh, I mean, I don't. I mean, first off, like I understand the question, but let's make it realistic. Any kick anywhere? How about any kick under sixty yards? Like, let's like we're gonna. I mean, 100-yard field goals now. We're going to invent things that have never been done here. I like the Gus, exercise. the field goal, kicking, mule, you know, can make 100-yard field goals. I guess so, but, you know, I, if I, I'm going in the homes, you know, screw your field goals, okay? I don't even know what the analytics say. I just can't come or bring myself to say you I'm taking the any kicker say? over my homes. You know what they say? What? They say the opposite of whatever we say. <laughs> right. <I> the numbers <laughs> say. <laughs> You're right. I'm going with my homes. I don't care. The hell with it. You know what? We don't even need you, kicker. I'm going for Mahomes, and we're going for two every play. Get the hell off our team, all right? <laughs> I, I, if it was any distance whatsoever, and I you'd knew have I was to take three it. Right. points every drive, you'd have to take it. But right. you're right. It's not realistic. And if you make the range 60, I'd still rather have seven than three. It drives me crazy yeah. when teams take three instead of seven because that's how you set yourself up to get beat later in a game because you're not ahead by nearly as many points as you could be or should be. We should take a break. When we return, we're going to draft comeback player of the year candidates. The list possibly will include Gus, the field goal kicking mule. Oyech, we'll be right back. All right, comeback player of the year for the last 10 seasons. It began with Matthew Stafford in 2011, ended with Alex Smith. They should name the award after Alex Smith. After what he did last year, Chris, we're going to draft comeback player of the year Mike. candidates. What? I was going to say, Matthew Stafford, what was he on comeback player of the year for? Do you remember? I, I don't even he, remember. He, he was the first overall pick in 2009. Right. He was never really good. In 2011, he was really good. He had the 5,000-yard so felt compelled year. to give him an award. Right. He came back from sucking. That's, okay. that's what Shereen yeah. Williams. Hey, yeah. Shereen Williams, loyal Texas A&M booster. Right. Big Ryan Tannehill fan. Yeah. She was opposed to Ryan Tannehill being the comeback player of the year in 2019 because she said, what did he come back from? Right. Sucking. Right. So apparently, yes, that counts. You can come back from sucking and you yeah. can win comeback player of the year. Yeah. Who was the only player 
to win Comeback Player of the Year twice? Chris, that's our trivia question. If you get it right, you get the first pick. I know. I feel like I do remember this and know I know this. the answer to this one. Uh, I know. You know, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Let me just ask you this for one context clue. Is it, is it this century or the last century? This century with it, two different teams. Oh, damn. He won it with two different teams. Then I, I'm guessing it's Peyton Manning. Chad Pennington. Oh, that's we talked about this. Damn it. Yep. All right. Yes. Yep. Good job, yes. Chad Pennington. All right. Uh wow. You know, this is one of those days where it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The first pick. There's lot. so many guys that it can be. I, I I will go with Stafford. Why not? He could be the second guy to win it two times with two different teams because and it's, it's you know same idea. I know. It's not like he had injuries last year. The year right. before, he missed a lot of time with a fracture in his back. He's new environment, new everything, new offense. Rams all in. He's going to get a lot of attention. He's going to get a lot of hype. He's going to get a lot of buzz. And even though he's not coming back from really much of anything other than not having a very good year. I'll take Matthew Stafford as my top candidate to be comeback player of the year. I, I got you. I mean, I he I wrote him down as well for that same thing. Not that it's like a real comeback, but it's like a, you know, what I think this year can be is like, hey, America, I've been good for ten years. I just been on the Lions, like so now you all know I'm good. Look, like that's that's what that's the kind of comeback player of the year award it would be. It would be so, and I I honestly in a lot of ways would really root for it. Uh, I, he had 4,000 passing yards last year. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Year. It was not bad. When he was healthy and playing, it was the laser show. He's still throwing the ball and doing things that will make your jaw drop on a weekly basis. It's just we know the support system hasn't been the best there. Um, all right. Well, I, I got to go to another quarterback and a real injury, but Dak Prescott, of course, yeah, he's going to be my first guy off the board here. I mean, first off, you know, the, the injury was gruesome, so that – you know, everybody knows about it. The the scenes we saw on the field of him holding his leg, the tears in his eyes as he's going off the field in the court, the cart, all of that type of stuff. Plus, hey, he's on an offense that's really talented, and he's really talented. So I could see him having a really big statistical year. Of course, I expect the Cowboys to be a little bit better, too, with all those reasons he could become a comeback player of the year. Yeah, I think that's a good choice, and uh, and that is more the traditional comeback player of the year, coming back from having that serious injury that wiped out most of his season. I'm going to stick with the coming back from sucking award, <laughs> even though he's been derailed by injuries in the past. Last year, he was healthy all year. He just wasn't very good. Carson Wentz, new team, yeah. new city, mm -hmm. new attitude, former coach who was with him when he was one of the best quarterbacks in football. I, I think Frank Reich knows what's up, and I think Carson Wentz is going to be dramatically better than he was last year, which will be enough to get him in the conversation for the award. I uh, agreed. I, I had three guys on my list that fit that mold. You've picked two of them. Cam Newton's the other one that I, I would say could probably fit that mold of like comeback player of the year, even though he missed a few games. But I'm with you. I mean, Wentz, Wentz could be one of those guys to me where – you know, if you're a gambler and you want to bet on MVP odds and like get an unbelievable, like bet a thousand dollars and get back seven hundred and eighty thousand, like he'd be that like dark shot I'd take because they're good. The offense is gonna fit him. He's gonna have a chip on his shoulder and want to show everybody 
Uh, so I'm with you there. Uh, that's a good pick. By I you. haven't seen I haven't seen odds for comeback player of the year, but I don't think they'll be that long. I think he will be one of the favorites. I think you're probably I think he right. Will be. Yeah, you're probably right. Comeback player of the year. I would think he's going to be in that. I, I was saying even like dark horse MVP, MVP. type of thing. MVP. Yeah. That's that, that could yes. be a killer. Um, all right, my next one. I'm going to a guy that could, you know, I think he could be defensive player of the year and and comeback player of the year. Nick Bosa. Yeah, Nick Bosa coming back from the Niners. You know, it was year two or week two last year, right? So I would think he's close to, you know, all systems go 100 miles per hour. Here we go, ready off the edge. That defense, that team, you know, I know his work ethic is through the roof. And, of course, as we discussed a lot early last year and before the year started, he's second year, first year, didn't matter. He was already one of the best defensive players in the league. So I will uh, take him as my, my second pick. I uh, – <laughs> I hadn't thought of this, and I, I don't know if it counts as trolling. I, I, I'm going to make my official pick Christian McCaffrey. I am. Yeah, good He one. missed a lot of time last year. I think he's going to be special again this year. My trolling pick would be Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, gosh, okay. I wasn't sure wouldn't if you going to go Jimmy Garoppolo or Richard Sherman. I wasn't sure which no, one you no. might come up with there. But wouldn't that be awful, awesome, and awful, both for the same reason for the 49ers? If he plays enough this year that he wins comeback player of the year, that would mean special season. That would mean Trey Lance doesn't play. That would mean, holy crap, what do we do next year with Jimmy Garoppolo after he wins comeback player of the year? That's the predicament the 49ers would be in. There's, you know, we, we've had our talks about that. You're right. That's where I'll be, I'll be interested to see what Shanahan does there. But your McCaffrey pick's good. I mean, that's – come on. There's no doubt he's still one of the five best running backs in football. I don't give a damn if he didn't play last year or played very little. He's special. That offense fits him. I could see him with Sam Darnold having a really big year, especially, too, now with Sam Darnold there and those receivers we've talked about. Man, there's going to be a lot of like stuff down the field to be worried about when you play Carolina. And now he's going to get all that space to work underneath in the pass game and, and all that. I think he could have a huge statistical year. Um, all right. My last one here, hmm. I'm 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 torn. I'm like Von Miller. I'm gonna go with OBJ. I am. I'm gonna give OBJ some love. I I I just yeah. I mean, first off, I know he's still got lots of ball left in the tank. He's still one of the more explosive receivers in football. Yeah, he's coming off an ACL injury, but I could see him kind of being kind of the forgotten man going into the year and all of a sudden him putting up some stats and people worried about that run game and Jarvis Landry. And maybe he doesn't see as much double teams and things like that to where he does pop off this year. I'm rooting for it nonetheless. By the way, Carson Wentz via points bet is yeah. a plus 4,000 proposition to win MVP. That's 40 to one odds. Points bet doesn't have comeback player of the year odds that I could locate. DraftKings has Carson Wentz has plus 900 for comeback player of the year. So he's not the favorite, but he's one of the top six. Dak Prescott, Saquon Barkley, Joe Burrow, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Man. Bosa, Carson Wentz are the top six. Derwin so, James. Derwin James. Yeah. Derwin James is on there too. I mean, that guy started 16 games as a rookie. He's played five in two years since then. Crazy. And if he can come back and play well, the Chargers would be a force to be reckoned with. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this.
That is disturbing. That is disturbing. Uh, that almost looks like the old shrunken applehead doll. Remember those? Uh, no, I don't. I okay. don't remember those. Maybe that's, maybe that's before your time. They used to make the doll where you would take an apple and you would carve the face into it, and then I think you put it in the oven, and it shrunk down like that, and it got all like... Yeah, please. Thank you. We need that music for this one. Please, I don't know. I've never Google. even heard of that one. So that sounds. Please Google shrunken apple head doll. I like that. I like that they added a pipe. I didn't want a side by side for me. Yes. I want the side by side of the shrunken apple head. That's and perfect. Trevor Lawrence, nah. Peyton Manning. I'm telling you. That's the shrunken apple head doll. Yeah, that's perfect. I've been set up. I've been ambushed for the second time this week. Yeah. Well, John you... Kuhn ambushed me on Monday, and now I've been ambushed by my control room today. You deserve it. Well, we're learning a lot about you and your childhood and, you know, peeing and trash I never cans made a shrunken... and everything. We're good. It's just I never, great. I never I made it. a shrunken apple head doll. I did pee in a trash can. <laughs> yeah, okay, I good. Did not... <laughs> I did... Repeatedly. <laughs> not recently, though. On Saturday mornings during <laughs> cartoons. Until, until, until mom said... What? Why is the trash wet? Why is it smelling here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she didn't I don't say, know. why does it smell like urine? She said, why is it wet? Maybe she knew. Ah, I don't know. I, but man. The cartoons were very important. I could I, not I miss guess. the cartoons. There must have been not a lot to do because that apple head thing is just, it's lame. What the you hell? You ever do shrinky dinks? No. You ever no. do shrinky dinks? What? Shrinky dinks. It's not a drug. I don't. Look it up. Yeah, shrinky I don't even dinks. know what to say about Shrinky Dinks. So many thoughts shrinky went through dinks. my head there. I need to shut Enjoy up. Enjoy your day. All Go right, Google Shrinky ya. Dinks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.